Welcome on in, 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after Monday edition, November 30th, 2015. And and the final day of November is already upon us, folks. Can you believe it? I certainly cannot. And my name is Tyler Trumbauer alongside Tubby here on a Monday morning for the first time in quite a while. Tubby and I are here together in studio I feel like every time we're together, it's a reunion now, so I don't want to call it a reunion, but we it's right. been a while. Don't call it a comeback. We've been here forever. We really have. We've been here We've been here too long, actually, if, if you really want to get to it. Right. <clears throat> but uh, so that is, uh, Tubby, no hat today, showing off the, showing off the, the LeBron James-esque hairline. Yeah. I just can't. I just can't get a. I just can't get an awesome headband like him <clears throat> to help cover it up. Right. You know, you can at least wear like a knit cap. You know, they have. Um, to because it's a little chilly out. No, I'm not that trendy. Not that trendy. No, I don't. I don't look good in the knit cap. Gotcha. Okay, so I got no knit cap on. I I I don't care about that. But anyway, um, it is pretty cold out. I was upset to see the frosted uh, windshields this morning because. I went home over Thanksgiving break. Of course, I hope you all enjoyed your holiday break as well. A nice uh, few days away from the borough, uh, away from classes and hectic schedules and enjoying time with family and friends and football and food. And you can decide the pecking order of that. And um, warm, 62 degrees on Thanksgiving. The day after, 65 set a record for the Allentown area. Um, Yeah, it was pretty hot here too. 65? It was sixty-ish. I don't know for you sure. You have no idea. I know. I was outside. I you was playing football no. with the boys. So. You got no idea. Well, I mean, anything. I mean, put it this way: the temperature it was yesterday at home when I left <clears throat> at eleven o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. actually a little earlier than that, was forty-one. The high here yesterday was forty-two. I'm just gonna. That's the difference in in weather. I don't think you quite understand that. I I, I think you're. You're confusing my lack of understanding for my lack of caring. Probably. Yeah. I I'm thinking that's where that's at. I just don't care enough. Gotcha. Okay, so moving on then. It is our final few shows here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio with the morning after. Um, no, we're not taking our talents to South Beach. We're just wrapping things up. Uh, the last week of classes are upon us. If you're an Edinburgh student or even professor, that probably gets you very, very excited. And uh, we thank you all for tuning in if you're in the borough, on the dial, on edinburghnow.com, or the TuneIn app on mobile devices. So final five shows overall for the morning after this semester. None next week on finals week because we're going to pretend to uh, study. And then for me personally, Thursday is my final show as we just got the itinerary this morning for this weekend's travel. Of course, if you're an avid borough basketball fan, you know that the Scots head east this weekend to face East Stroudsburg. Friday night, and then Westchester Saturday afternoon, and I'll be along on that trip with the one, the only, Mike Fenner. So we will be leaving 2 o'clock on Thursday, so Thursday will be my final show right here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio and the morning after, but not my final appearance on Fighting Scots Radio, of course, with Borough Basketball on Friday I feel like I need to bring in baked goods on Wednesday. For our final show together. See, before, when you cared, you said you were going to come in no matter when my final show was. Which right. meant you were coming in on Thursday. On a Thursday. Has that ship sailed? I don't know yet. i got to see what's going on Thursday. So, I, I, because I already see, have Because plan- I already I got- have something in the works for something special for Thursday night. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Special for me Thursday night? No. Okay, good. Then I don't care. Yeah. 
That's why I wasn't going any further because I knew you didn't care. Gotcha. It only took me like what three months to figure out what you care and what you don't care about. So. Exactly. What I care about is very little. Yes. A, a, my my ninth grade bio teacher described me perfectly. I care a little about a lot, which is good. Mark that down. We got breaking news here on the morning after in the National Football League. We got so much to get to. I don't even know what we're going to talk about today because we just don't have sixty minutes is enough time to get through today. Mm-hmm. We got breaking news. Uh, as I see it scrolling across my timeline via Ian Rappaport of NFL dot, or NFL Network and NFL.com, the Dolphins have fired offensive coordinator Bill Lazor, a source says, first reported by Thayer Evans of Sports Illustrated. As Ian Rappaport tweets afterwards, quote, massive changes on the way, close quote. Lazor, of course, means something to me as he was the quarterback's coach for Chip Kelly and the Philadelphia Eagles before taking that OC job in Miami this year. Not not finishing the year, though, does Bill, as the Dolphins now can another individual, of course, fire Joe Philbin. What was that? Five, six weeks ago mm-hmm. here in the NFL season. So the Dolphins making some changes, and, you know, rightfully so. They got a lot to work on, but so do a lot of other teams. I mean, I could probably go off on the next 45 minutes, Tubby, just on my hatred for the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. And, and it's grown more going back to Eagles country, going back and listening to Philly Sports Talk Radio, 97.5 The Fanatic, the ESPN affiliate in uh, Philly. It's unbelievable what they're talking about, the hosts, the callers, just just being there and dialed in and being able to watch that game on Thursday, the first time I've been able to watch the Eagles on a television without having to use my Sunday ticket online or whatever in a long time, and I'm 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 pissed. Right. I'm pissed. I got you. I don't even care that they're a game back. Right. And you know when we get to the NFC East, I'll tell you an interesting stat about the Eagles, which should, should make me very optimistic. But it's not. But it's not going to no. because I don't give a crap. Right. Now, here's my one question. You know what? Let's just let's just get it right into it. Let's just get right into it. All right, we'll go to the we'll go to the NFC East first. We'll start with the Eagles, and, and that we'll start because I, I feel like this needs to be therapeutic for you, and that you need to get this out. Okay. So I have a question for you. Oh boy, does Chip Kelly have too much power being the head coach slash player personnel GM guy? I don't know if it's too much power. I don't know. He just has too much on his plate. I think I don't think it has anything to do with it's too much for him to handle being both. I think he doesn't do. I think he doesn't do well with the general manager. I don't think he knows what he's doing exactly. Right. And I think I don't think it's too much for him to handle. I just don't think he knows enough. Maybe if he could just be the general manager, but I don't think he's he's built to be that type of guy. And there's now a quote that's being played a lot by Philly media is during his I think it was his introductory press conference. As the Eagles head coach, he said he doesn't want to be the general manager. He doesn't want to have titles. He doesn't want to battle in the locker room. He wants a guy, he he said he wanted a general manager guy that would work side by side with him that said, what type of players do you need, Chip, and then go get them. Right. After After a year, things changed. And I think that question came up because Philly Media do a good job and they asked him because Andy Reid, who spent the 14 years as the head coach, had the last say on player personnel. He wasn't exactly the general manager, but he was like the president of football operations or something and he he got the final say on, do we draft this guy? Do we trade this guy? Do we release him? So I don't think he was making the everyday wheeling and dealing that Chip Kelly supposedly is doing, but He's doing that. I, I just think it's almost impossible to ask that guy to serve two masters at that point. I mean, because it's, it's a full-time job. Right. But scout. he wanted it. 
I mean, he he well, maybe says he just bit off too more than he can chew. Right, but I think that's going to be the downfall of his tenure at Philadelphia, which is why I think he's gone at the end of the year. Unless the Eagles make the playoffs, I think he's gone at the end of the year. And even if they make the playoffs, I'm not 100% sure. And I don't think that's coming from the Philadelphia organization. I don't think it's them giving him the pink slip. I don't think it's them sending him away. Because there's talks of a trade. Trade him to Tennessee for draft picks. You know Tennessee would take him. Yeah. They got Marcus Mariota. You get, to re- you get to remarry them in the National Football League. How great could that be? Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think what's going to happen is Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, is going to sit down with Chip Kelly at the end of the year because you know they're going to have a meeting. They're yeah. going to talk, and Jeffrey's going to ask him about his maybe misguided moves as a general manager. And his thought-making and decision-making process. And he's going to ask him to step down as general manager. Which he should do. Which he's not going to do. Because he's Chip Kelly, and he's just got such a, he's the such a swagger. Guy right. He's, he's, he's not going to admit defeat in any facet of life. Right. The man got divorced. Did you even know about that? No. No. Because he doesn't want to talk about it. I didn't even know he was married to begin with. Right. He doesn't like to talk about defeat, even in a marriage. The man thinks he, he can, he can, he's the ultimate individual, and he can dominate all aspects of life. See, that goes back to what Grandpa Schmidt used to tell me all the time. He used to say, if you feel you're the smartest man in the room, go find another room. Right. You know, I mean, you, you, I, I, I can't understand how, how somebody would have that much bravado and that much, I, I don't know how else to describe it, swag? Not even swag. Over swag? I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. But anyway. He, he just... He's going to say, no, I'm not going to turn down a general manager thing. And then with that, he's going to leave. Right. Either they're going to mute, he's going to tell Jeffrey Lurie, he's going to strong arm, strong arm him to trade him or have a mutual parting ways or buy him out of his contract. But it's not going to be a Jeffrey Lurie decision. When was the last time a coach was traded? John Gruden, I think, was traded. I mean, that's in the NFL. I'm pretty sure you can look that up. John right. Gruner's traded. But in professional sports overall, they, j- they traded Jason Kidd. Yeah. The Nets traded Jason Kidd to Milwaukee. It doesn't happen often. I'm pretty sure John Gruner was the last coach to be traded, but you can check that out. I'm looking at um, so, But going into the NFC East overall, it's a disaster zone. It really is. It's a dumpster fire and a half. The Washington Redskins. The Washington Redskins. Are talking about playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. Seriously, they're five and six. Had disaster at quarterback in the training camp with Robert Griffin the third, and then now insert Kirk Cousins. Do you like that? He likes that. He does. The Giants at five and six also tied with the Redskins, but I believe the Redskins hold that tiebreaker because I think they still have another matchup, and the Redskins beat the Giants on Sunday. The Eagles are four and seven, and the Cowboys are three and eight. So the Eagles are one game behind, even though they're a crap team. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. I was talking with my dad over the, over the weekend, of course, with the holidays, and the NFC East winner could legit be 6-10. and 10. I mean, we've seen 8-8 eight and eight and 9-7 and seven and potentially 7-9. and nine. We saw, what was that, the NFC South last year or two years ago was an 8-8-1, eight, eight and one, beat well, a 7-9. 
Well, there there was the year that the um that the Seahawks went. Remember, they won their division and they had like a horrible. Sub they were five. nine and seven, I think, or they maybe were no, seven. No, they nine. were sub five hundred. I know there was a sub five hundred from that conference when they went because it was like Pete Carroll's like first year, or whatever. And maybe they were seven play. nine. I don't remember anybody being okay. six and ten. Did you find the traded coach? I'm looking at it right now. Okay. We're looking yeah, at the, the NFL, NFL because it involved the Oakland Raiders and John Gruden, the most recent major league sports team to trade for a head coach. Was in the NBA, the Boston Celtics traded Doc Rivers to the LA Clippers. Oh, that's right. That was bef- but wait, what year? I could have sworn Kid was before that, or I mean after that. Mm-hmm. What year? What? What's the timestamp on that? On that post you're looking at there? Because I'm not hundred uh, well, percent. It's ninety one weeks ago. It's the most recent thing I could pull up according to the Oracle that's known as Google. Okay. I, okay, well, maybe maybe my timeline's a little off, but I could have sworn Jason Kidd was But a combined well. 11 head coaches in the NFL, NBA, and MLB, and NHL have been traded to another team since 1960. See? So it doesn't happen often. 11 times in 40 years? Maybe 12 times in 40 years? Yep. 50 a, years now? Yeah. It's a lot. It's yeah. a lot of years, not a lot of trades. So it's not unheard of. Right, but it can happen. So... Let's get at the NFC East here, Tubby. Redskins 5-6. and six, I read that division down. I read, the, I read the thing. The Cowboys, they're done. Yep. Tony Romo out for the Brisbane. year. Yeah, yeah. Has another small fracture in that same place he was injured before. And uh, he's 3-8. and eight. The Cowboys are winless without Tony Romo this year. Yeah, they can't get the guy. They can't get a backup. Maybe we can send him Johnny Manziel out of Cleveland. That's a whole other situation. <laughs> but what do you see happening in this NFC East? I mean, the Cowboys have to play the Redskins twice yet. So the Cowboys, as far as that, aren't some good company. The Eagles got to play the Redskins again. I think the Giants have to play the Redskins twice. But I think the Redskins are undefeated at home this year. Correct? I mean, I might be wrong. But what do you make of this NFC East? What's going to happen down the stretch here? <coughs> I, don't, I think someone's just going to end up backing into this deal. Well, someone has to, to, to be. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like a matter of like, well, so, somebody's got to go. You know, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I pick you. Pikachu, I pick you. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, it's. So give me your prediction. You got the Redskins and the Giants, five and six. Both nodded. The Redskins hold a slight tiebreaker advantage. The Eagles are four and seven. And the Cowboys are three and eight. So you got, what, six, five games remaining here, which is, if you think about it, and Sal Palantonio was on ESPN Affiliate in Philly the other day. Five games remaining, Tubby. And it seems like, you know, how many teams are we saying their season's over and it seems like we're almost done, right? There's five games remaining. That's almost a th- that's basically a third of the NFL season right. still remaining. If you put it in that perspective, it's a lot of football left to be played. So we got a month yet as the off- as the regular season spills into the, the beginning of January. So with basically a third of the regular season remaining, who you got being the NFC East? I think I'm going to take the Skins. Champions. The Skins? I think I'm going to take the Skins on it. I think they survive. I think, I mean, it's it's either them or the Giants. I think. So you give the Eagles no chance of, of rectifying <coughs> the the uh, the ship down the stretch. Something is so horribly wrong in Philly. I mean, it's just wrong. I don't know if it's organizational wise, but whatever it is has permeated itself to the very outer reaches of that Philly organization. And like a cancer, it needs to be cut out, whatever it is. And I don't think they're going to get right until that happens. Philly as a sports city overall is a disaster. 
I mean, this was a great stat that came. There's, it's, it's no longer holds true because the Flyers have, have won three straight now. But before that, with the Eagles' loss on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. the Phillies had the highest winning percentage of the four major sports teams in the city of brotherly love in the calendar year 2015. The Phillies, who, mind you, right. finished dead last in Major League Baseball this year. Now, of course, everything's relative with the amount of games you play, but that's why you got to go winning percentage. Right. Got to give credit to my man Ryan Lawrence, the Philadelphia Inquirer. ESPN stole that stat from him and said they came up with it themselves. But he had it first. I follow him on Twitter. He had it first. Yeah, he did. Uh, I mean, sad to see him. He's getting laid off at the Philadelphia Inquirer because a lot of there's, the Daily News and the Inquirer are in trouble down there in Philly. But, um, yeah, so that, that's alarming. That just there shows you. The, the Sixers have the longest losing streak in American professional sports. The Eagles have lost by... Is that going back to, like, last year? Yes, they have 28 straight losses dating back to last year. They have, <laughs> they have 18 losses now this year, which is tied for the worst start in NBA history. The Nets had it in 9 10 I right. believe. I think they have to lose 26 in a row to beat the Cavs record because the Cavs have the longest losing streak in NBA history. And that was the year after LeBron left. They lost, like, 26 in a row. I just said the Sixers, or the Sixers have 28 losses in a row. That's the longest right, loss in American professional that's sports. That's going back to last season. I'm talking about in a single season. So they start – I don't buy that. How does that make sense? Was that the start of year? Huh? Was yeah, that the start no, of year? No, not at the start of the year, but in an in a, in a NBA season, single season loss record, they, the Cavs lost like 26 in a row. Right, and so did the Sixers. They tied that last year. They, had, they actually had a 26-game losing straight stretch last year, tied that record, okay. and then won the next day. So now they have the most if you're putting together two seasons, which apparently is good enough because people are using that stat. Okay. So, But no, I agree. If you're just going in a single season, season. the right. Cavs and the Sixers are tied with that. Okay. To give you that. So looking at the Redskins division here before we hit our first break and wrapping off the NFC East talk, because I can go on all day about the Eagles and their disastrous season, that is. Uh, they have the Cowboys this Monday night. Uh, this upcoming Monday night, of course, you have a Monday night or tonight um, at their, their home versus the Cowboys. And as I said, I'm looking through their schedule. Win at home, win at home, win at home, win at home. The Skins are undefeated at home. So if that holds true, the Skins win against the Cowboys, which is a huge divisional win. Then they're at the Bears, which the Bears, not the, not the doormat that you thought they were going to be here in the 2015 season. Yep. Then they're at home against the Bills. And watch out for the Bills. I mean... They gave the Patriots a run on Monday night last week. Mm-hmm. They're not terrible. They're not good, but they're not terrible. They're competitive. Right. I mean, they're not the they're, they're not the Patriots. Which is more than we could say for half the NFL right now. Right. They're not the Browns, but they're not the Patriots. They're in between. Right. And then they're at the Eagles and at the Cowboys to finish out. So, I mean. That's at least three, three out of the five. I could see them winning. So the, the, so the Redskins actually only play the Giants once this year, which is extremely interesting. And I think the, I think Fenner and I found this out the other day, too, now that I think about it. And it's just weird why they only play the divisional guy once. Don't ask me that. But they have the Cowboys, the Bears, the Bills, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. So they're 5-6 and six now. So, you, so you're going to give the Cowboys a win on Monday, or you're going to give the Redskins a win against the Cowboys on Monday night? Yes. Okay, so then they're 6-6. Six and six. Then you got the Bears at the Bears. Probably a loss. Probably a loss. So you're going to go 6-7. and seven. Then you're going to go home versus the Bills. I'll give them a loss on that one. So that's six and eight. So then you got at the Eagles. Win. So that's seven and eight. And then you're at the Cowboys. Win. You're going eight and eight wins the division. Eight and eight. All right, there you go. So he's going to go with the Redskins. I don't know what I want to do. I really don't know. I, I'm holding out. Here, and here's my stats since we're on the NFC East. With the Redskins win, okay, with the Redskins win on 
Sunday yesterday against the Giants, which the Giants, by the way, I mean, if if the if they finish with a sub five hundred record and don't win this division, I'm pretty sure Tom Coughlin gets fired. But that's a whole other situation. The Eagles lost to the Redskins earlier this year. However, they beat the Giants. Okay, they beat the Cowboys the, their 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 first time they played them and only time they played them. Then they have at the Patriots, the Bills, the Cardinals, the Redskins, the Giants to finish out. The Philadelphia Eagles, with the Washington win on Sunday, control their own destiny in the NFC East. They don't need to look at what else is happening. They don't need to cross their fingers and watch the scoreboard on Sundays. They control their own destiny. I don't think it's winning out. Obviously, you got to win the right games. Obviously, right. beating Washington Week 16 in New York Week 17 will go a long way. However, the Philadelphia Eagles control their own destiny in making the playoffs, even though they're 4-7 and seven and a complete dumpster fire. That is the NFC East in 2015. Excellent. That right there is that garbage division. We're going to hit a break. We'll talk about other teams that are playing real football that actually win games and have a winning record. A lot to get to on the NFL. We've had, what, two weeks now. We haven't really been able to talk about mm-hmm. it much. And there's so much more coming up. Final few shows of the morning after our Monday edition just getting underway. Don't go anywhere. We're back after this. Supporters of WFSC include Quickville a chain of 300 convenience stores and gas stations in the tri-state area, offering American-made fuels from Parent United Refining Company in Warren, Pennsylvania. Information is at quickfill.com. Boom, 88.9, Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after. Tyler Trumbauer alongside Tubby here on a Monday morning. Thank you all for tuning in, as always, on your dial, edinburghnow.com, and the TuneIn app on your mobile device. And if you miss any of today's nonsense or want to listen to it again, you can always check out our daily podcast on edinburghnow.com with all the good stuff. Essentially commercial-free. There's a few commercials in there, but you don't got to listen to the songs and stuff. It's just straight sports talk for you fine folks. We get right to the nitty-gritty. And uh, it is freezing in the studio. It is. I'm cold. Stevie Simons came out and said it was cold out there. It's cold in here. Yeah. Like, I'm ready to go, like, Bill Belichick with the hoodie. Luckily, I got a hoodie on today right now, and I'm ready to go with the hoodie above my, like, like this. Like, I'm cold. Yeah. Well, I'm okay because I'm fueled by fat and hate. It's ridiculous. Those man. are the two things that keep me going today, Osha, fat and hate. OSHA would not like these working conditions. Anyway, let's, uh, let's, let's get back to the National Football League today. Um, of course, we see we had the breaking news earlier about Bill Lazor uh, being let go. And, uh, of course, now that's an individual from the Chip Kelly coaching tree gone uh, in the National Football League. And then, Tubby, who's, who's uh, going to be taking care of some of his duties? Uh, Taylor, I believe. I'm trying to look up the, the tweet again. I had it. Oh, jeez. I thought, you were, I thought you were ready. I thought you were prepared. Zach Taylor will serve as the primary play caller and remain as the quarterback's coach for the Philadelphia Eagles per source, per Ian Rappaport. That's uh, the Miami Dolphins, so uh, good try. Let's screw that up. What did I say? You said the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh my bad. I don't know. I just got them. Ingra- I just got them ingrained in my head. I'm sorry. Because I was so concerned with them ruining your holiday break. Who ruined my holiday break? The Eagles. The Eagles. Oh no! Don't worry about that. It was good. I got to watch the Eagles. I mean, both two out of the three Thanksgiving Day games stunk. Actually, were horrible. Yes. I mean, I was, I, re- I was, re- I sat there and watched almost every game. I fell asleep in the fourth quarter of the Bears Packers game because it was, of course, the good game has to be the late game. Right. I ate so much, I couldn't stay up that late. Oh, I, I took a nap. I took a pregame nap. 
I sat there. I watched both those games, Dallas and Carolina, and it was like, I mean, by the end, by the time Tony Romo was out of the Dallas game, I decided I had to start doing like work or something because it was just like I just couldn't just sit there and watch anymore. But of course, Carolina staying undefeated. Now the lone undefeated team left in the National Football League with the. New England Patriots falling last night in that Sunday night thriller, if you caught that one. So now let's look. Let's. I, I, I like this divisional approach we're taking because now we're 10, 11 games into the season. We need to really just start looking at divisions more than you need to look at games on a Sunday docket. Um, in the AFC East, it's kind of the Patriots did lose last night, so we can talk about that. How about that? The Broncos beating the Patriots in overtime. On in a, overtime. On a walk-off run in snow what a heck of a game i mean the snow games are 10 times better than games in the dome but i like playing on do- in, do- in domes and turf and all that but it's definitely better when you see a game played in snow patriots 10 and 1 jets 6 and 5 bills 5 and 6 dolphins of course 4 and 7 they fire their head coach now their offensive coordinator so things are just going downhill fast there in miami i mean the jets have a chance of making the playoffs is it to the point where you answer I'm sorry, I was looking up stats. I totally didn't hear the question. I zoned out. I'm sorry. I'm tired. I'm a little. La- I'm a little bit laggy. I didn't make it in until like 1:30 last night. Tired. You. You. You had how many days to rest? I know you. You had your long traveling days yesterday, sir. Because I know you're so, so busy. But you had a couple of days break. Right. We haven't done a show in a week. I know. The least you could do is pay attention for 60 minutes. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, boss. Three more shows after today. Three. Count and, if you don't, and if you don't come in on, on Thursday, then that's only one more show with you. So <laughs> we'll just skip that completely because Tubby doesn't want to talk about it. So we'll go to the AFC North now. And um, the Bengals at 9-2, and two, the Steelers at 6-5, and five, Ravens 3-7, and seven, Browns 2-8. and eight. The Steelers have a shot at making the playoffs. They do, because that's why I was looking up stats. Because if you look across the division leaders right now, okay, AFC East, mm-hmm. right, New England Patriots ten and one, right, followed closely by the New York Jets at six and five. Okay, remember that term six and five, AFC North Cincinnati Bengals nine and two. Following team is Pittsburgh Steelers at six and five, which you already mentioned. Right, AFC South team is uh, the Colts and the Texans. The Texans, both, at 6-5. and five. Right. Uh, then you're looking at the AFC West with the Denver Broncos at 9-2 and two, and the Kansas City Chiefs at 6-5. At six six and five. Right. So You're actually going somewhere. So I'm saying that there's a chance. There's a chance for everybody. The, a- the wild cards in both the AFC and the NFC are, are wide open. Right. Nobody, it, nobody has distinguished themselves. I mean, you could, tech, you could say the Jets and the Bills are still in it from the East. You could say the Steelers are still in it from the North. The West, you have both the Chiefs and the Raiders are still in it. For the South, you have the Texans are still in it. Well, the Raiders are a little bit more of a stretch because they're at five and six. Okay, but two, two game, in a two, okay, in the NFL, if you get a two-game winning streak, your entire season changes. Right. Well, then the Bills are still in it then at 5-6 and six as well. I said that. Okay. You I just weren't listening. One. Again, going into the AFC South, of course, you have the Colts and the Texans both still in it. They're, they're leading their division. But, I mean, you go into the same thing in the NFC because you go 11-0 and 0 Carolina, but the Falcons, they're 6-5. and five. The Bucks are 5-6. and six. They're still in it. The Falcons have lost four straight to be 6-5. They were 6-1. and one. 
I'm thinking my I'm thinking my coach of the year prediction with Dan Quinn ain't gonna uh, pan it's out that well. Fly. Yeah, no, probably not. Okay. The NFC North, you got the Vikings at eight and three, the Packers at seven and four, and the Bears at five and six. They're five. They're, they they just won last week. They could sneak in potentially. They could be in the they could be in the conversation. Yeah, they need help though. Right, but if you look at like when you look at you know you're watching a game on Fox or CBS and they put up that playoff picture and they mm-hmm. look at they put the column of who's, who's in, doing, the, in, the yeah, hunt, who's, who's in the hunt. They have the four and seven teams in the hunt. I mean, I saw yesterday they put the Eagles in the hunt. The Eagles are four and seven. That means you're saying the Lions are in the hunt at four and seven. That means you're saying the Saints are in the hunt at four and seven. Well, that I means you're the, saying the Rams th- are in the hunt at four and seven. Well, I'm thinking that the Eagles. The, the only reason the Eagles are in the hunt at four and seven is because they can win their division. They could still possibly win the division. They haven't been, but when, if they get mathematically eliminated from their division, then that's it. But they could potentially still win the wild card too. I mean, no one's been mathematically eliminated. I mean, except for probably the, but the Titans. Look at the, but then you look at the second place teams throughout the division. You got the Packers at seven and four. Okay, but you get two wild card teams. So I mean, right. it's it's a it's a it's a stretch, Tubby. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the, right. the Eagles are gunning for the wild card, but it's possible. It's I mean, possible. you still have a third of the NFL season left to play. Yeah, it's possible. Like I could, I could lose weight and get in shape and shave my goatee. It's possible. I still think you should shave Highly the face. Highly unlikely. Hair. I still think you should shave the face after seeing that picture of you, sans facial hair. Yeah. Or I should say the goatee. You still had this yeah. this little thin mustache. Yeah, yeah. I had my there. I had my German mo. I had my little German mo. I don't know what that means. Anyway, um, short for mustache. But oh, yeah. you, I mean, was mustache too long of a word for you to say? It's it's a mo. It's it's a mo. I've never heard someone say mustache is mo. <sighs> never in my life. That's right. You have a short time on this earth. That's why. Carry on. It's still possible. Okay. Seahawks six and five. Rams four and seven. The only teams that are really out in the National Football Conference, the NFC, the Niners three and eight, the Cowboys. Three and eight. Everyone else is in it. Instead of sixteen teams, fourteen are still in it. Some are on the verge of going out, and some are in the thick of it. But there's fourteen teams still in this thing. In the AFC, much of the same. Who's out? The Dolphins, four and seven. The Ravens, the Browns, three and seven, two and eight, respectively. Titans at two and nine. Chargers, three and eight. And the Titans at two and nine. So you got five teams out in that division. So out of 32 teams, you got seven that are just out right now with a third of the season left to play. About to buckle up. We're coming in for a landing because it's going to be a heck of a last third of the season. Browns could end up with the number one draft pick. That they could. Them and the Titans will be battling that out. Yep. I need the Titans to win one more game. So let me ask you this question. The um, – What do I want to say? The uh, the Broncos, mm-hmm. Brock Osweiler, mm-hmm. two-game winning streak now, beats the Patriots in overtime. Brock's going to get the start again next week. When Peyton Manning gets healthy and the Broncos win next week and then Peyton Manning's healthy, who do you start at quarterback? Stick with a hot hand. I mean, I know they say that you don't lose a job due to injury, but, I mean, if Brock's being able to do the job, Brock's – Kind of the future of your team anyway at this point. I believe this is Peyton's farewell tour anyway. So I think Peyton will just sit himself down and be like, look, Brock, you got this. I'm going to just <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't think Peyton Manning is going to concede that. This could be so. Peyton Manning's last year. I think he's going to concede just sitting out. You think that guy wants to go out that unceremonially? I don't see why not. Kobe's doing it. 
Kobe's not sitting out a year. Well, I know. He's playing like garbage for an entire year. Why put up garbage numbers when you can just like go out? Just chill. Be like, hi, I'm painting. Give me my free stuff. So you start Brock Osweiler for the rest of the year? Yes. I don't... Why, why all of a sudden is Brock Osweiler your, your future? You know how many years Brock Osweiler has been on the Denver Broncos? I don't know. Four or five. five. Yeah. I mean, he's season. How many different starting quarterbacks have you had in that four or five stretch? Tim Tebow started over him, Tubby. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, Brock Osweiler is your future. Why not? Could catch on. I mean, if he's doing good things and he fits that system, he fits that offense. I mean, they've changed head coaches since uh, Tebow started out there. Right. They've changed offensive coordinators. Right. So maybe now it's the right combination and they caught lightning in a bottle. And maybe this is the maybe this is like the final twist of the Rubik's Cube that makes it all work and all the colors line up and Brock's your guy. One and ah. I don't know. I think that's I mean, <clears throat> I understand. I mean, you got Peyton freaking Manning. Right. But is that that good anymore? That's what I'm saying, because right. they won the game. I believe that when he played the Broncos won those games in spite of Peyton Manning, not because of Peyton Manning. I agree. And they leaned heavily on their defense. Mm-hmm. So if he's not really going to be that much of an asset to you, other than having the name Peyton freaking Manning, just let him go make commercials for Papa John's. Hand out some pies. And be like a figurehead until like he actually retires. Because I think they should just I th- – personally, I think what Peyton should do is terminate his contract with the Broncos, sign a one-day contract with the Indianapolis Colts, and retire a Colt. Well, he might do that at the end of the year. We're not going to do that mid-season. I know. But I'm just saying, I mean, I would just ride out the year if I was Peyton. I mean, why take the extra abuse? I mean, if you pretty much figured you got one foot out the door anyway, why go out all beat up? I don't think that's going to be his decision. That's going to be a front office coaching right. staff decision. I don't think – I mean, I think Peyton will be like, I'm ready to go. I'm going to go. I don't think Peyton will ever make a public statement, of, hey, hey, I'm, I'm cool. I'm just, going to, I'm just going to sit over here, and then, you know, Brock, you can do your thing. I don't think he's ever going to do that. I think that's going to be, right. a, that's going to be a Gary Kubiak saying, mm, Right, Peyton. but, I mean, for Kubiak, he doesn't have to run that hybrid Kubiak slash Manning offense to fit Manning. He just has to run Kubiak's offense, which is what Osweiler's been doing. And he's been running every – Osweiler's been running every practice every Wednesday anyway because Peyton takes Wednesdays off because he's Peyton Manning. So why not? You know, I don't have to change you – you're actually playing my offense. My offense is getting featured. And you know how coaches like to be shown that they're the man. Right. I know. Chip Kelly's the Eagles coach. I know. So I know more I, than anyone. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, to me it makes sense to start Brock. I mean, if it's working, don't try to fix it. It's a good point. We'll have to see Brock Osweiler win or loss next week really uh, is going to shape that conversation for when Peyton Manning comes back healthy for the Denver Broncos. We're going to hit our second and final break on the show, come back, and we'll let the dog Tubby unleash himself. We'll talk Johnny Manziel because we've talked about that man at nauseum on this yes. show. And, you know, the man does not ever disappoint me. Nope. From starter to third string before you can bat an eye, or in his case, finish a bottle. We'll talk about that on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after the final segment here on our 
show Monday through Friday, 9 to 10 a.m. The final week of the morning after for the semester is upon us. Can you believe we made it, Tubby? Without A, being fired, B, killing each other, or C, all of the above? Yep. I, I can't believe it. It's astounding. It's been a ride, man. Miracles happen every day. It's been a ride. Uh, it's been it's been interesting. We'll talk about that more, of course. I'll, I'll have my farewell soliloquy maybe on Thursday, especially if you're not here. Because <clears throat> Chewy will let me speak, unlike you. Yeah. So uh, let's get to, of course, something that I'm really bummed. The only reason I'm bummed we didn't have any other shows last week, and it was the Thanksgiving break, was Johnny Manziel. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Browns host the Baltimore Ravens tonight at 8.30 for the Monday Nighter at First Energy Stadium at 8.30 on ESPN. Uh, the Browns are four-point favorites in this one Woo-hoo. at home, so we'll give them two and a half. But that's still a nice line for the Browns, who are two and eight, and the Ravens three and seven. ESPN's pissed they can't flex out of games. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> this is what you got on primetime television. Yeah. Thinking this was going to be an interesting divisional matchup is one that might decide who gets, you know, the first or the second or the third pick in the draft come May next year. Yeah, that's pretty much about what this game is all about, is who's going to get the higher draft pick. But the biggest storyline is not the game itself, is who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, and it will be, once again... It's McCown Town! Josh McCown, as Johnny Manziel, who was named the starter by head coach Mike Pettin. When was this? Uh, Last week. The week last before. Week. The, like, the week before... It was like the Thursday before... Whatever, before the break. Okay, so he was named that. Yeah. Starting quarterback, rest of the year. Let's see what we got. And then the Cleveland had a bye on Sunday. Yeah. So no game. So no named, game. named bye for the not just the upcoming game, not just this game against Baltimore, but for the remainder of the 2015 season for Cleveland. Right. Then story breaks, pictures leak, unfolding, developing news. Johnny Manziel seen partying with a bottle and, of course, women. Yep. What was that, a nightclub? Some, something like that, yeah. It was like some, some shindig. Some shindig. He's in the DJ booth. He's got Where like a, was the shindig? I believe it was... City. Uh, wherever A&M's at. Okay. So Texas. So he's in back Texas. home in college. I think, right. it's, I think it's called College Station. Could be. I think. That's what know. it is. I'd have to care more. We would need up. Mike Fenner here. Yeah, we would need Fenner. Anywho. Or, or a tweet from Gleason, one of the two, but he's not listening. No, no one listens to this. No. And he's seen partying. Yep. And then he take it away. And Mike, Mike Pettin's quote-unquote disappointed in Johnny Manziel. And boom, not just benched. Third strings, Johnny Manziel. Right. So, Mr. Tubby, Mr. I kind of want Johnny Manziel to be a starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. Yep. But then I kind of want Josh McCown because I want to win games. Right. But then I kind of don't know what I want in life. What do you make of Johnny Manziel? What do you do with him now? He's third string. He's third string. He's shown that he, he shows that he can do something on the field. He right. obviously proved to Mike Pettin enough right. to put him as a starter for the rest of the year. When Personally, I thought you should stick with Josh McCown because at least I thought gave you the best chance week in and week out to win a game. Johnny Manziel might, might have a better matchup on a given week. Right. But I think week in and week out, Josh McCown should be no. your starter. What do you make no, of granted, Johnny Manziel? Here's the deal. The video is dated. It didn't exactly happen over the bye week. I mean, if you look at pictures of Johnny in that video and pictures of Johnny now, you can tell the difference that he's aged. 
Okay, so, so when, it's when an older video. That? I don't know. It's like it, they haven't come out right out and said it. But it's bef- so this did not happen in the bye week. Correct. This happened previous. Pre, pre. Was this? Was it this regular season? No. See, here's the issue with it. The issue with it is, is that Johnny, when they tried to investigate the video, Johnny had convinced his friends who were a party or at that party to this video and had direct knowledge of this video to lie about exactly when it came out to make it seem older than it really was. This was probably just like pre-rehab Johnny, like post-college Johnny, pre-rehab. So like within his first professional year, right, at the Clean Browns. Right. He lied about it. That's why he got so that's sent. That's the worst part. That's why he got sent back to third string. Was not only did he lie about it, but he also coerced friends as well to lie on his behalf. So it's not like so it's kind of like when you're a kid and you you know you 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 did something wrong. And right. then it's not ba- it's it, it's actually wouldn't be that bad if you just told your parents you did that thing wrong. Right. It's that you lied about it when they asked you about it and you said, right. "Oh, wasn't me. Wasn't me." Right. Like when you took that, when you took your dad's new shovel out to build, well, you don't have snow over there. But anyway, when you took your dad's new shovel out to build a snow fort with your buddies and you accidentally broke it because you drove too hard in and you snapped the handle on it and then you just kind of set it off somewhere. And then dad comes around to go shovel the sidewalk and he doesn't have a shovel and he's like, where's my shovel at? And then he finds it broke. Who broke this? It wasn't me. Where if you just said, hey, pop, I was building a snow fort. That happened to you? Yeah, it did. Yeah, I don't. I don't do that. We, we have a neighbor that has a John Deere tractor thing, and he plows our driveway. Yeah, I have a snowblower now that I'm older. I have a blower. They actually blower, someone blower, allows blower. you to operate a yep. snowblower. Yep, that's scary. Yeah, my wife trained me how to use it, so I can I can use it properly. Back to Johnny Manziel. So, what yes. do you do moving forward with him? He's third string. He's on your team right now, Mike Patton. You can't do much with him at the moment, but say at the end of the year, what do you do? The guy's obviously, we talked about this coming into the studio today, he's right. not, he's, his, his talent is not good enough to look past or deal with his off-field issues. Correct. So I what do agree. you do? He's not going to get better. Johnny no. Manziel is Johnny Manziel. He's not going to become a better quarterback in the NFL. What do you do with him? Hopefully try to get a trade for him. Who is going to trade for Johnny Manziel, who's made what? Five career starts in the National Football League, maybe? Duh, Cowboys. If nothing else, Johnny Manziel is a solid backup quarterback. He can come in and manage a game, correct? Jerry Jones has already expressed interest in one said Jonathan Manziel. Aye. But for the correct price of maybe like a couple third-rounders. A couple third-rounders? Maybe, maybe a third and a fourth. He's going to get two. There's going because he was a first round pick. He shouldn't have been a first round pick. You picked him first round because you're Cleveland and his name's Johnny Football. No other franchise would have taken Johnny Manziel in the first round. You don't know that because because the Browns pick. screwed it up and took him in the first round. Right. No other team would have taken him in the first round. I would bank on that. There was rumors. I'm just saying. I don't know. There's a lot of rumors. It's draft day. Things happen on draft day. Exactly. You know what should have happened nuts. on draft day? Johnny Manziel should have been drafted in the first round. He should have waited. Awesome. That's awesome that you have hindsight of 2020 to be able to say that, yes, this guy was a bust. This guy was not ready for the NFL, period. Okay, if you take, away, if you take away his his Johnny football persona and you just look right. at what he did on the field, is he a first-round draft pick? No. He's a game changer. 
No, you can't. You see, you can't. You can't separate yourself from what from Johnny Football. I'm talking about you. Talk. I'm talking about on the football what he did at Texas A&M. Okay, but you got to look at what he at how that will translate to the NFL game. Yeah, which at that point they really didn't have that much going into it. I mean, the at the time the defensive coordinator Shanahan, or I'm sorry, the offensive coordinator Shanahan was able to work with a running, gunning type of quarterback, which is what Johnny Manziel was coming out of Texas A&M. Okay. They could have built an offense around him to start, but they decided to mess around because Hoyer had such an excellent year at the end of the year, and they brought Hoyer in. And it was Hoyer Manziel, Hoyer Manziel, Hoyer Manziel. And they couldn't make up their stinking mind. And then all the drama happened in the front office, and Shanahan left. And then they got DeFlippo. And then there was more stuff because they brought in McCown to mentor Johnny, and Johnny still couldn't win the job over McCown because McCown did an excellent job, which nobody thought he would do. First off, bringing in Josh McCown to mentor anyone is a, it's a questionable decision to begin with. What do you mean? What has McCown done to warrant be, to be a mentor? Who else are they going to get to mentor? Matt Hasselback. He's, you want to talk about a solid backup? Matt Hasselback. Oh. What's wrong with Matt Hasselback? Shoot me. You just, don't want Matt Hasselback? Just take a brick out of that wall and pummel me over the head with it. What's wrong with Matt Hasselback? You're telling me Johnny Manziel is a good backup quarterback. Look at backup quarterbacks in the league. Right. Right. Tell me, tell me what team would take Johnny Manziel. Other than the Cowboys, because Jerry Jones is delirious, would take Johnny Manziel. And I'm not even getting into the fact that you think he should get two third-rounders for him, but that's beside the point. Okay. Whatever. I'm Give me a team. Give me a team. I don't know if him. Because look at the Colts. The Colts have Matt Hasselback. He's gone 4-0. The man's 50 years old. He's not 50, he's 40. But the man's, the man's old. Okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, look at, look at other backup quarterbacks and what they've been able to do. What about your Eagles? They would never take Johnny Manziel. Why not? Chip Kelly couldn't, de- define a, couldn't design an offense around him? It's all about Why not? I mean, if it's already on culture. fire, why not, why not pour gas? It's what culture? culture. A culture of losing? Of being a dumpster fire rolling down the steepest hill in Philly? It's a culture. A culture of what? Throwing snowballs Johnny, at Santa Claus? Don't even start with that. Don't even. Don't even start. A with culture that. of of never finishing, of getting there but not getting there. I mean, what, what, why, why the heck not? Kitchen sink. Why the, the heck not? Chip Kelly would not deal with Johnny Manziel and his off field issues. He would be gone if 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 Chip Kelly was a quarterback was the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. John Manziel would have been cut. Four weeks ago. Okay. Sure. He would have. He well, would have. I'm just saying he could have. He could have helped. It. He could. He could have helped him. No, he. Yeah. It's. It's not okay. Obviously, what Chip Kelly is okay. They got Blaine Gabbert, and the Niners are done. Maybe, but I don't think the Niners would be okay with that. Why I not? Because they want, they said when they fired Jim Harbaugh, they wanted a class organization. And Harbaugh didn't fit that because he was a fiery guy. Because he got all emotional. Because he would say things in press conferences that Jed York didn't like. So you're going to get Johnny Manziel. Johnny Football, which his persona is bigger than him and better than him, the product he puts on the field. Okay, look. It's like this. Owners, GMs, and most head coaches. Right. Right. Look at troubled players that have talent like most females look at bad boys. They no, think, they don't. They do. They say, oh, I can change him. 
I can work with that individual. He has talent. I can make him realize his true potential. So then why was Colin... It's happened time and time again. So then why was Colin Kaepernick benched? I don't know, because that's San Francisco. So then... They're also dumb, but that's besides the point. I mean, what has Cap really done in the great grand scheme of things? So then why did they... Why did, they, they only went to the NFC Championship game. So then why did... So then, why did Ron, the Texans cut Ryan Mallett instead of trying to mold him and fix him and be and show him? Because they still had Hoyer, who was like Mallett two They were the same guy, Mallett and Hoyer. But are if coaches are if coaches are attracted to fixing that, that's what I'm saying. If they're how if they're many troubled running backs? Like look at Blunt, Garrett, like Garrett Blunt. He's in Tampa Bay. Right. Okay. Still has a job. Okay, but wh- why why is Ray Rice not back in the National Football League? I don't know. If why they, is Adrian, why is Adrian Peterson back in the, in the NFL and carrying the entire Vikings organization on his back? Because who are the Vikings? Okay, why my, is my Hardy question. still in? Why is Hardy still playing? For the Cowboys. For the Cowboys. They're probably the only team that t- would take Johnny Manziel. That's what I'm saying. They, they don't mind problem people if they have talent. And I think Johnny has a talent and somebody's going to be like, yo, I can fix this kid. Johnny Manziel. I am, I am the bro whisperer and I can fix him. If Johnny Manziel... If not in a Cleveland Browns or a Cowboys uniform next year, Johnny Manziel's not in the NFL. Mark my words. That's all for us today. We're over time already. Of course, told you you didn't have enough to get through here on a Monday. The Browns tonight against the Ravens, 830 on ESPN. Without Johnny Manziel, maybe we'll see him third string. Who knows what will happen. I think Mike Pettin would play quarterback before he would put Johnny Manziel in tonight. So that's going to be all for us on Monday. Chewy will be in here tomorrow with me on a Tuesday morning. We'll talk a bunch of NBA. The Sixers still looking for that first win. And Jaleel Okafor getting into some trouble there. Of course, Kobe Bryant also announcing his retirement at the end of, for the end of this season in the NBA. Chewie and I will talk about that and more on, on Tuesday. Thanks for all for tuning in, and we will talk to you then.